some people get held up on the details of investing in real estate. Whereas if you just start doing it, you'll realize that it's no more than making calls, following up and sending emails. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with them to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, you know, he's uh, brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there, and we built a relationship with him in Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got, and assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. Uh, all you need, well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com and his phone number 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Lindsay Gordon. How you doing, Lindsay? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Lindsay She has been an investor for the last 10 years. She focuses on rentals in Philadelphia and also non-performing second mortgages nationwide, commercial properties in Puerto Rico, where she is based, and private lending throughout the U.S. Also has a travel investment vlog, and the link to that will be in the show notes page. So with that being said, Lindsay, we give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus. Yeah, definitely. I was based in the Philadelphia area for about 28 years of my life. So I started investing in real estate there when I graduated college. I started just doing flips and then got a portfolio of rental properties throughout the area. 
which I still have today. And then from there, I started investing in non-performing second mortgages. And after that, I moved to Puerto Rico to take advantage of some tax benefits. With that move, we decided to invest in commercial properties in Puerto Rico. And ever since then, I've been doing some private money lending for rehab projects throughout the U.S. And I also started a travel investment blog. We have a lot that we can talk about. (laughs) So, all right. After you graduated college, you built a portfolio of rentals in the Philadelphia area, and you still have those. Will you tell us about one of those deals, price point and rent and all that, just so we have a sense of the type of properties you have? Yeah, for a majority of the properties, they were worth around a hundred to a hundred and thirty thousand in the after repair value at the time I purchased them in two thousand nine to two thousand twelve. And I purchased each of those and did the rehab on them to get them rent ready so that I was all in for about sixty five percent of the after repair value. Got it. From there, I refinanced. And then once I had the tenants in there, I refinanced. And I continue to get about three to $500 of cash flow each per property. How were you buying them initially? I initially bought them with investor capital, just other people who wanted to private lend. My first investor was my dad and my grandma. And then from there, it was a variety of other people in the area. And how did you structure those agreements? I just had the investor hold a note and mortgage on the property, just like any bank does. And then from there, I paid them a percentage of interest each month. And then I paid them the full capital back when I went to refinance the property at the end of the project. Got it. So you were buying them all cash initially? Yes. Okay. Because they needed a lot of work, but you can't really get a bank loan, especially back then. Bank Mm -hmm. loans weren't really a thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Did they also fund the rehab budget too? Yes, they did. Okay. So you built a portfolio in Philadelphia. You live in Puerto Rico now. How do you oversee the successful management of your portfolio in Philadelphia? Thankfully, I have a lot of friends and acquaintances in the industry that I lend money. So I lend money to them. So they tend to help me out (laughs) a lot, taking care of my properties. Because actually, I had a hard time finding anyone. I do some Section 8 and I couldn't really find any people that do property management that would property manage Section 8. So I just do mostly virtual. I like to set up a lot of systems in place. So all my systems online with paying for things and receiving payments, it's all electronic. So Mm -hmm. that way I keep it from Puerto Rico or anywhere. What are some of the systems? You said online payment is one. What's another system that you have to manage while overseas? Well, I use QuickBooks for the majority of the management of everything. And then that way, when I receive and send payments, I know exactly what's going on. And then I just have everything automated in my bank account to send payments out. And I also actually have tenants deposit into my bank account, or I also have a system where I have a virtual mailbox. They can send the payment there, and then I can forward that to an electronic processing system for my bank account. Okay. And in terms of getting the units rent ready and any maintenance requests, how do you handle that? 
for Rent Ready, I have a guy I hired. He's kind of like a property manager, but just for the tenant, putting the tenant in place, just like a property manager would. But then after that, I take over and handle everything else. So it actually saves me money in the end because I don't have to worry about paying the monthly fee. And I don't really do much work and will actually turn around and find a contractor anyway to come help me fix any issues that I might have. And how many units do you have in Philly? Right now I have 10. Are they all concentrated in a certain neighborhood or area? No, they're all over. (laughs) So then you have the single family homes and then you switch to non-performing second mortgages. How come? Well, you might get three to $400 a month for a property, but you have a lot of maintenance requests or sometimes it's difficult to find a tenant and the tenants are just different. They're not as reliable as a homeowner is. A homeowner owns their house, so they're mostly second mortgages. So a three to $400 a month second mortgage payment, then a lot of times I could get that without any money invested into the mortgage because we buy them non-performing. So they'd be really cheap. They'd be paid off in a few payments. And then after that, I have a lot less to worry about and a lot less liability in the performing note. And you mentioned that homeowners are more reliable compared to renters, but you're buying non-performing second mortgages. So how do you reconcile that? As far as the reliability of the homeowner? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're not as reliable as some homeowners, but (laughs) better than a tenant usually. It all depends on what type of tenant you have and what type of homeowner you have. I mean, everyone varies, but in general, the type of tenants that I have, they could be non-responsive as well. So, mm-hmm. Where do you purchase your non-performing second mortgages? Uh, we would typically purchase them from, in the past, people like myself, people who are selling non-performing second mortgages. And then as we grew bigger from banks, very large hedge funds are institutional. And then you moved to Puerto Rico. Why did you move to Puerto Rico? I moved to Puerto Rico because they have two acts in place, Act 20 and Act 22. And Act 20, you can export services and only pay 4% in taxes. And Act 22, you don't have to pay any taxes on capital gains. So my tax on capital gains is 0%. Wow. On investments in the U.S.? Yeah, it's based on where you're located for securities. So we treat the mortgage as a security and then we pay 0% on any buying and selling of mortgages. And then properties in Puerto Rico also count because it's based on where the property's at. So when we buy and sell commercial properties in Puerto Rico, we don't have to pay any taxes on that. What's a commercial property you've purchased in Puerto Rico? They vary greatly from a plot of land to a 10-unit small little apartment-like building to an office front to an office building in a huge complex to a chicken farm, really pretty much everything. We buy in bulk, so we like to be opportunistic on a, a large purchase at a very low price and then to resell at a also low price for investors to take advantage of a good deal. Just so I'm kind of understanding your progression After you graduated college, you started buying the single-family homes, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You said you were partnering with investors to acquire those, and then you'd exit them out. Did you do that on all of the 10 that you have, that same structure? 
Yeah, and I think I had 13 at one point, but sometimes as opportunities arise, I sell the properties. Mm -hmm. But yeah, same structure for all. And with the commercial purchases in Puerto Rico, from vacant land to, I think you said a chicken farm, are you structuring it similarly where you're working with private investors? It's a bulk purchase. We worked with one private investor for the entire purchase of, it was about 55 properties. And we've paid that investor off pretty quickly, actually. And then after that, it was just free and clear. Oh, it's amazing. So 55 properties, you had one investor. What was the purchase price? It was over $4 million. $4 million for 55 properties, ranging from what? Ranging from farms, chicken, <laughs> chicken farms, to land, to little small apartment buildings, multifamily. Wow, that's a fun portfolio. How did you begin to underwrite that type of portfolio with such a diverse amount of assets in it? We relied on a local girl and a local appraiser and a local lawyer that we had been working with at the time. We had already been thinking about doing some real estate. So we found a team and we put them together and we also had some experience ourselves since we had lived here for a period of time before we purchased the properties. How long did you live there prior to purchasing the 55 property portfolio? I believe it was a year and a half later. Okay. What did you do? Did you buy anything over in that year and a half period? We bought one property outside of that and then... The rest we purchased, we actually purchased 54 at once, but shortly after a couple months later. And with the $4 million portfolio, now you said you bought the investor out relatively quickly. How does that math work where you're able to buy them out in a quick period of time? Well, our deal with the investor was that we were allowed to pay them back each month and we could pay them back from all the proceeds of the sales of the property. So I had sold enough of the property worth to pay them back in, I think it was about six or seven months. Wow. Okay. So of the 54, 55 properties, you sold some of them off in order to pay that investor back and then you're keeping the rest free and clear. Yeah. And we're still continuing to sell them. I have seven left and it's been about two years since we've owned them. Wow. So out of the 50, was it 54 or 55? I had 55 in total because I bought one outside of that. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Uh, Of the 54-unit portfolio, you have seven remaining? Yes. Interesting. And how many did you need to sell in order to pay the investor off? I feel like it's been a long time and I kind of forget. (laughs) About um, half? I want to say 20. 20. That's incredible. And of those 20 or so, basically I'm wondering how much more was left. I guess let's start this way. You purchased it for $4 million. What was the value of those properties at closing? That might be confidential information. I'm not sure. I'm allowed to share oh, all right. fair, uh, the pricing on, on the portfolio, but it was a significant discount. There was quite a bit of risk going into that. We were, we were very nervous at first because even though we lived in Puerto Rico, we know maybe too well the problems that there are in Puerto Rico. And we weren't sure about people wanting to purchase things in Puerto Rico. Shortly after we purchased the portfolio, they had all the bankruptcy issues. And then after that, we had the hurricane. So it's been a roller coaster ride, I guess, of uh, different events. So 
people are still buying. Investors are still investing and people in Puerto Rico actually had more cash than we thought to buy these properties cash, the ones that are not financeable. Mm -hmm. Wow. I can't imagine the different challenges. Which one was the greatest challenge out of all those that you mentioned and how did you overcome it? Well, actually, the hurricane, it only just postponed people purchasing. But once it was over, then it actually helped spawn some people to have to move out of a property that they had into one of our properties because we really didn't have much damage, if any, from the hurricane, which was great. The bankruptcy didn't really affect things. When you thought people weren't buying, people were buying. So it, it didn't really affect things too much. I think now it was a bulk purchase and I have a few properties that are just not as desirable. And that's probably my biggest hurdle is how do I sell these seven random properties that no one wants. <laughs> <laughs> is one of them the chicken farm? Actually, I sold the chicken farm. You sold the chicken farm. What's an example of one of them that's challenging to sell off? I have a property and it's supposed to be worth about 300000 I think we have it listed at two ninety three. It's a big plot of land and it's in a fairly desirable area and it's by a lot of shopping centers and it's not too far from the ocean and the city. And I think it might just not, we just haven't found the right buyer for that type of property and it's just land. So that yeah. one is difficult. The other properties are more rural and they're hard to sell because they're just in the middle of the island. Mm -hmm. How did you come across the 54 property portfolio? Well, I've been networking and working with different banks and different large brokers. And originally, these brokers, I had connected with them for second mortgages, but they found a package of properties. They knew that we were in Puerto Rico and they presented it to us as well as everyone. And so it was a bid and we, we won the bid. All cash? Yes. With the purchasing of properties in the U.S. compared to Puerto Rico. What are some of the main differences that you've experienced? I would say I'm pretty new to real estate relatively. I was just born in the 80s, so I, I don't know what it was like back in the day, but I always feel like Puerto Rico is very similar to the U.S., but just maybe like years behind. Like we get Uber 10 years later. Everything comes later here. And when you see some of the infrastructure, you think, that it looks like it's from the 80s or 90s still. So I would say that it's probably similar to real estate maybe a few years ago where there's still some opportunity for incentives in real estate. And as far as the process of a real estate transaction goes, it's pretty standard though because we still follow U.S. guidelines. So we felt secure in that. But there could be people paying each other off behind the scenes. We don't know what, what really is going on. Sometimes they're fighting and I just stay out of all that. So they bring me the buyer and that's all I want to know. I don't... All the listeners in Chicago are shaking their head. Yeah, we know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> with the investor who invested $4 million cash with you all, and I'm obviously not asking you who they are, but we have a lot of listeners who want to find private investors who have the ability to invest $4 million in one deal with them. So how did you find that investor? We've known the investor for 10 years as well. We've known him 
He was just someone local to us in the area we had always networked with. And then we started working with him on non-performing second mortgages. He was more familiar with that. So even though that might seem risky or scary to some investors, he understood that well and he was willing to work with us. From there, we transitioned him to the Puerto Rico commercial properties. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? For me, I think some people get held up on the details of investing in real estate. Whereas if you just start doing it, you'll realize that it's no more than making calls, following up and sending emails. So for me, people think, oh, I'm so smart. I'm really, I'm really not. I just hear a good idea. I make sure to find people that know what they're talking about that can help me and validate my ideas and then just do them. Most people would not move from Philadelphia to Puerto Rico because of tax reasons, even though it makes a whole lot of sense because taxes are our largest expense for the most part. And what do you think about whenever you move from Philadelphia to Puerto Rico? Do you think about the portfolio that you have in Philly and how it's going to be such a crazy change? Or do you just not think about that at all and just say, hey, it's better for taxes and it's an experience. So let me just do it. I thought it was a good business move and it was better for taxes. I had no idea actually how valuable Puerto Rico would be to me. And by purchasing commercial properties, that has been probably one of the best money making opportunities that I've had along with the tax savings. So I'm not really afraid to do what other people are not doing. And that's what I think is the most important thing in investing. People are talking about something, then I'm not really interested anymore. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) You're ready. You moved to Puerto Rico. You bought a $4 million portfolio. You're you're wheeling, dealing, chicken farms. You're ready. First though, a quick word from our best ever partners. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com. All right. Best ever book you've recently read? I haven't read a book in a long time. That's probably a bad thing. (laughs) That's all right. Best ever deal you've done that we haven't talked about already? My first workout on a non-performing second mortgage, I was able to get the homeowner to put 20000 down, pay 300 a month, and still had a $60,000 balance, which they paid off in cash about three years afterwards. And I had bought that note for, I think, $8,000. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? Sometimes pushing borrowers too far when I don't really know what their limit is. What's the best ever way you'd like to give back? I like to volunteer my time, and if I'm able to, I go to a local boys and girls club here in Puerto Rico and to an animal shelter. And how can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? They can go to my youtube.com slash Lindsay E. Gordon. 
Cool. And I will put that in the show notes page. Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show and talking about your story, the 54 property portfolio, how you partnered up with the investor who you had built a relationship with over a decade, how you got started by borrowing from family, all cash, and then improving the property, putting a loan on it, and then paying them back and owning the property with a loan, but making some cash flow from it. And then the differences between Puerto Rico and U.S. from your perspective. And ultimately, though, your approach. You hear about something, you find people who know about it so they can validate it, and then you do it. Talk's cheap. And you certainly are walking the walk there. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Are you looking to get started in multifamily investing or looking to grow your portfolio? Nathan Tabor has created an online course that is slammed with incredibly useful and practical information. Check it out at apartments.nathantabor.com.